Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Hump Day! Maybe you've been humping things since Monday when the draft when the Hawks won the draft lottery. Right, I know I've gate. been. Love yeah, it. right off the bat, right? Why right not? We got a big, big show today. We're going to talk uh, a lot of Connor Bedard as we're going to do probably for the next hopefully uh, ten to fifteen years. Right? Does that sound right for everybody? That's, that works. That sounds good. Uh, we've got some Blackhawks news to get to. We're going to welcome uh, Regina Pats broadcaster Dante DiCaria in the second half of the show. He's had a front row seat for Connor Bedard's games, and who better to scout him than a guy who called all the action mm-hmm. uh, for the Regina Pats. Uh, but let's start with some news and notes. But first, make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure you are following us on our podcast apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and a five-star review will be greatly appreciated. And finally, give us a follow on Twitter at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. The Mm -hmm. news of today, the Blackhawks have signed Arvid Soderblom to a contract extension. Two years uh, with a $962,500 salary cap hit. You had the note, I believe, about the combined salary of the goaltenders uh, coming up for uh, Comesso and Soderblom when Razik's done. Mm, that was not me. Who was that, you? <laughs> it was me. Get it all mixed up. You both look the same. Yeah, you got beards. Same Put me on the spot. I was like, uh, I did. I beards did. are beards. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so just kind of looking into the crystal ball and the optimistic uh, chance that both Soderblom and Drew Camezzo are on their way to reaching their, their potentials as, as goaltenders early in their careers. Um, both of them under a million dollars. They would combine for under $2 million as uh, a, a goaltending tandem heading into the 2024-25 season. Uh, which would bode well for the Blackhawks going into that season, knowing that that summer is a pretty loaded free agency class. Um, so, again, it's just hypothetical potential. Who knows what's going to happen uh, with, with, with both of those guys. But um, my initial reaction to, to Soderblom's um, extension was surprised. It was just two years uh, and also surprised at the price. Like, it seemed like it was, I thought he would garner a little bit more uh, knowing kind of what the Blackhawks see him to be. Um, but, hey, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good deal for the team. It's kind of a early in his professional, North American professional career, kind of a prove-it deal. Because he, he had an opportunity to play at the NHL level last year, got the the uh, majority of starts with Rockford, was was the number one option in Rockford and uh, their goaltender for the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he, he played well at the AHL level, 
the numbers tell a different story at the NHL level, but I think he was put in a, in a tough position and played yeah. as well as he could, um, given all the, the, the circumstances. But, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good deal for him. Uh, I think it's good for the team, and it gives them some flexibility once the deal is over to kind of see where, where, where they're at. Maybe Comezzo really does take a lot, of, a lot of steps really quickly. Like, that would be best-case scenario. Um, or maybe, you know, however things pan out over the next two summers, uh, the next two seasons, maybe a free agent or, or an acquisition is made in net where that player becomes the starter. So who knows? It's, it, it's good for flexibility. It's good for saving on money. It's, and it's a, it's a pretty fair deal, but uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how fair it was on a team side of things. Yeah, and he'll be uh, he'll still be a restricted free agent at the end of this deal. Mm-hmm. So that might have something to do with the two years where they're like, hey, you know, if you're doing good, we'll pay you. And right. they have the first right to refusal, so that's good. Um, as you said, they're you know they're hoping by then, the end of that two years, you've got him and Comezzo firing at all four cylinders, all you know all cylinders, and so we've seen in this Stanley Cup playoff. You're probably a good idea unless you have one of like the yeah. top three elite world goaltenders, and none of those guys are really playing anymore. Yeah. You better have two goalies. Hey, the Hawks needed two goalies often yes. in the playoffs. Or if Corey Crawford had a bad round, Scott Darling stepped in, or whatever. Like it's yeah. Remember when everybody wanted was, Ray Emery yeah. to start there game was six a, against Boston? Yeah. There was a legitimate discussion heading into that 2013 playoff run of do you go with Crawford or Emery? Like. It's, it's not a bad thing to have that no. as an option. You can never no. have too much goaltending. What's interesting because right. I think someone asked me last night on Twitter, like, what's the, what's the goaltending tandem going to be? And it's obviously Mrazek and Soderblom next year. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't shock me if, if at the end of the day Soderblom had more starts. If he just kind of yeah. take – the Hawks have no – like, great that Peter Mrazek's here. They got a first-round pick to take him. They seem to like him. Good dude was fine enough this year, mm-hmm. but they're not tied to him anyway. No, uh, there's no way he's going to be back. So if Soderblom takes the starter job, fine. They've got an expensive backup. Yeah, and you have Peter Morazic, who's prone to injury. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah, I mean, if if Soderblom stays healthy and plays well, why not? If there's a bet on the DraftKings sportsbook app heading in the next season, which goalie will? play the most games, Soderblom or Razik, I would put money on Soderblom. Yeah. Just for the fact that, A, what he does this year is far more important to the future of this franchise than what Morazic does. And, B, as you just mentioned, Mario, Morazic, biggest problem in the last four or five years is staying on the ice. Yeah. It seemed this we what, three groin injuries this year, at least two? It seemed that every time he was getting that hot streak, yeah. the groins would say, hold on, big fella, mm-hmm. we need a couple weeks off. So uh, yeah, a goalie with a goalie with susceptible groins is not, not a bad. good thing. No, you need your groins. I'm no goaltending coach, but you need <laughs> your groins. Groin. Good at your job. <laughs> groins in, are helpful yeah, in hockey and life. Yes. yes. <laughs> Just to, to recap the numbers from last year, uh, Sutterbloom had uh, 15 games. Uh, he had a 894 save percentage and a 345 goals against. Not great, not great. but he was on the Blackhawks. Peter Mrazek, uh, 894, identical save percentage, 366 goals against, so a higher goals against, obviously played a lot more. Um, goals saved above average um, was minus 12.5 for Mrazek, minus 4.6 for Soderblom. Adjusted goals against, 3.71 for Mrazek, 3.52 for Soderblom. So I think it's probably fair to say that right now, 
if the Hawks had a meaningful game to play, that Soderblom is probably the better goalie right now than Peter Mrazek. It might be close. It might be a toss-up. Yeah, I, but I, yeah, I think if you're saying it's an important game for next season, maybe they. Def- I think maybe it's a Luke Richardson decision that he defers to the veteran. Um, but I think moving forward, I mean, it all depends on how next season plays out. But I think the th- I think the thought process is if you have two goalies who are putting out the same numbers, ones in their mid thirties, ones in their mid twenties, I think you probably r- roll with the guy who's in their mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and our buddy Chris Dubiel uh, says uh, every organization needs, almost needs three goalies. Yeah, there's hurt. a couple. There's a couple out there right now that look at the Devils. Yeah, they can't figure it out. You know, then a little bit of that has to do to coaching. I don't know how you go back to Vanacek, who had been bad, and then hey, guess what? He was bad again. Um, you know, but the, the Hurricanes they've had to roll three goalies in this playoff because Antti Ranta not dependable, Freddie Anderson not dependable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just weird. We're in this era now of, aside from like we mentioned, your Vasilevskis, your Shesterkins, your Hellebucks. The, I think the goalies in the NHL, the way the the, the the skill positions matter more, and they're just like, we'll just score five goals a night if we have to. The goalie position in the NHL, I think, can be compared to the running back position in the NFL. It's good. Yeah, By it's committed. a good comp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's, it's the same thing. Anybody who plays fantasy football knows. There's like three guys that are like the guy. Other than that, it's tandems, it's it's committees, it's two or three guys, or you, or a, or one or two guys come out of nowhere and have a hot season. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, no one knew who Akira Schmid was until three weeks ago. Yeah, and, I mean, like, but it's funny. Like ten years ago, if you saw a goalie with a save percentage, you know. In the under eight. ninety, you're like, this guy sucks. Right. Yeah. He's horrible, and it's just not. It's just not the case anymore. Scoring is up and, and save percentages are down. And that's what the league wants. That's what the league wants, yeah. I mean it's it's not what the I don't coaches want, but that's what yeah. the league wants. <laughs> and it's funny, it's it's like do you do you attribute it to, you know, a a change in how goldies are, are playing or a change in how, you know, shooters are, are adapting their, their, their skill set. I, I really I wouldn't know the, the science behind it, but it's just interesting to see because it's not like in um not like in the NBA where it's just like, oh, scoring skyrocketed because defense changed. Right. You know, it's 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 in the NHL, you know, you still it still comes down to someone has to shoot the puck and someone's there to try and stop the puck. So I wonder if this trend we're seeing with goalies and how like they're not like not everybody's going out there to try and get their Andre Vasilevsky. Like those are luxuries. I wonder if we're seeing that because of the recent trend of more analytical minds being added to front offices where they're just saying, hey, the numbers say you can just get a replacement level guy and we'll be fine. Right. You're seeing more and more of that analytical side, the the advanced stats, where they could just be like, don't spend the money in that position. You don't have to. We can win with replacement level guys if we have this, this, and this. Yeah. I mean, you think back to of like goalies who have stolen series – it doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to. No. Like, you had Eddie Belfort get the Hawks to the Western Conference Final against the Avalanche, like, by himself. Yeah. Like, he was just making 50 saves a night and standing on his head. Too bad Patrick Waugh was at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, like, I don't know, aside from a, one here or there, like, Shesterkin's a good example of 
he had this historically great year last year and really carried the Rangers, but they also had Kreider score 50 goals. They also had a bunch of guys have huge offensive years, so it wasn't just him. It, the days of, like, just the goalie being the, the main reason for winning, are they're just gone. Yeah. They're just over. to score. Yeah. Especially in the second round of this playoffs. You got to score. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why the Islanders, the Islanders were trying to do the old school. Gee, weird. Uh, Lou Lamoretto team was going to try to do old school. Wow. We're going to ride our stud goalie, and we're going to rely on scoring two goals a night. It just isn't going to work. Not, Not against work. a team, any of those Eastern Conference teams. You got to be able to score today. Yeah. And uh, good news for the Blackhawks. I think they're going to be able to score a little bit more coming down <laughs> yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, it yes. looks like that should be, uh, I think, I should think, be yeah. the case. I think the, the goals per game average is going to be spiking upwards in the next couple of years. Hope so. Uh, yeah. Uh, NHL 23 sh- sure seems to think those goals are coming. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a little bit. But on the goaltending front, uh, congratulations to uh, Blackhawks goaltender Alex Stalock, who is a finalist for the Bill Masterton Trophy, uh, along with uh, Arizona's Clayton Keller. And, uh, and Pittsburgh's Chris Letang. Keller had the fractured femur back in March. Uh, Chris Letang had a stroke. As we know, he's had two. Uh, and also his father passed away. And Stalock, as we know, dealt with the myocarditis uh, after the long COVID. Uh, so those are your three finalists. And, and two concussions during the year. Yeah, all three of them certainly uh, worthy of it. Um, obviously, we'll be rooting for Alex Stalock. Uh, I don't expect him to be back with the Hawks next year, but... Uh, Certainly made an impression in a short yeah. time uh, on the three of us, and I think the fan base really kind of, on a year that was mostly kind of sucky, that was a guy everyone seemed to kind of embrace and really like. Especially in that locker room. Oh, yeah, Those for sure. Those guys loved him. Everybody yeah. talked about him when he wasn't there. They talked about how much they missed him in the room. And when you're in the room and he comes walking in and he's yelling at guys and having a good time, you could see why. I mean, even in practice, you'll hear him, you know, scream out an, some obscenities after everybody <laughs> scores on him in practice. And yeah. Like, just a fun guy, you know? And, you know, there was a fun moment in his exit interview where he came in dressed in the official uniform of Minnesota uh, with his cargo pants and his <laughs> fishing shirt and his camouflage hat and kind of joke like, so, uh, what are you going to do this summer? Some fishing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might go fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so funny. Good guy. Yeah. It was great to see his success. It'd be interesting to see what happens to him going forward. If he, you know, I think he played well enough while he was healthy to get a definitely have a team. As I just said, I bet you there's a couple teams playing right now that wish they had Alex Taylock. Yeah. Uh, Devils yeah. probably wouldn't mind having him right sure. now. Uh, you know, the Oilers might not mind having him back again. Um, but it's up to him. He may take a long. You know, he may have some thinking on his fishing boat this summer. And, you know, when he talked about how he was dealing with that ocular uh, issue, how he had to lay on the couch and couldn't be a dad to his kids for a couple of weeks, how that really affected him yeah. more than missing hockey. When you hear stuff like that, then you start to think, well, maybe, maybe he's had enough of all yeah. this and he just wants to stay at home and be a dad because he certainly looks like he does a great job with that. Seen the kids were always around after games at practices, so yeah. Yeah. we'll see what happens. But whatever he does, uh, I'm a fan of his going forward for just, sure. Just yeah, just a tremendous guy. Hopefully, um, somehow he comes back to Chicago, either maybe in the studio or maybe a CHGO uh, That'd correspondent. Be great. Hey, maybe <laughs> get on that, Lawrence. Make Never that happen. 
Never say yeah. never. Yeah, I'm on the. Thanks. <laughs> you get, you'll have to get the dumb button ready, though. <laughs> I mean, I know we don't. Well, you know, do we? We, we don't discourage it, but the way the frequency that comes out of his mouth uh, <laughs> might be a little. <laughs> That's uh, all right. Man. I, w- yeah. I would love to have him. Yeah, I mean, and and he said in his in his exit interview, you know, the opportunity to come to Chicago and, and play uh, proved to himself again that like, you know, he feels like he can con- he feels like he can still play in the NHL and 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 whether or not he wants to continue doing that, if that's maybe just some personal satisfaction on his on his last year playing in the league that he felt like, you know what, I still belong here. Like, that's maybe that's a good way to go out. Or yeah, maybe that's him him convincing himself like you know what physically i i held up enough uh on the ice i was good enough like why not go one more year see what happens maybe you know there's there's a team that thinks that they're contenders that needs someone like that uh that offers him a deal who knows what will be out there for him but happy that he uh is getting this recognition and um yeah i mean we made we we made jokes heading into the into the season that you know all those games that you needed to lose you play alex Stalock, and that was the absolute opposite of what he did this year like there there were games where it was you know big matchups and luke richardson would would turn to Stalock and say yeah we, we need a we need a big uh performance in net and he would be the guy that that they would turn to to try and get that so it's it was it was a good story for him, so I'm I'm happy to see him get the uh, the nomination, and yeah, hopefully he wins. We got a couple of super chats to get to. We've also got an uh, interesting uh, trade proposition from our buddy Cam Robinson. But first, we're going to take our first break, and Greg's going to tell you about Shady Rays. Yes, Shady Rays take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our good pals over at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium Polaroid shades at an affordable price. As Mario is modeling for you, for those on YouTube, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we worn. I, I, I disagree with that. They're even better. Our friends at Shady Rays are way too humble, but I will pump their tires for them. They are durable frames and extremely clear optics for any outdoor adventures you may have. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because you have they have your back long after you purchase. Together with your customers, Shady Rays is providing, a mu- is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through Shady Rays Impact. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with the MS uh, with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, but you will, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's absolutely no risk when you shop. And speaking of shopping exclusive for our lovely and beautiful CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is giving you the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off all orders containing two or more pairs of their awesome polarized sunglasses. The more you buy, the more you save. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's a lot of people. And if those people... I I think we realized that Mario might have a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah, let's get those uh, model 
He does. Uh, the poses like, were yeah, down. Poses, yeah. He looked at the non-existent watch, a go-to uh, yeah. model move. That's, yeah. yeah, love Absolutely. it. Good Beautiful. Work, hey. Uh, hey, and if once you got the sunglasses on, you might as well deck out the rest of your wardrobe, and you could do that at Foco. Mm-hmm. Get fitted out in the best sports gear around. But it's not just clothes. They've got the hoodies, the shoes, the signs, bobbleheads, everything for your man cave or your she shed or their or your they room. I got nothing on what? that one. I'm trying to be inclusive. That is nice. Sure. Uh, I'll work on that. Keep reading. Yeah, let's let's work on that one. Your favorite room in the house. Yeah, there you go. Uh, It's spring and it's baseball season. Get yourself an Aloha shirt, a straw hat, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. And if you look around our set here behind us, you can see all the stuff that Foco has donated to our set. So thanks to them for that. Go to Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO. For 10% off, again, that's foco.com, promo code CHGO for 10% off. I am Get wearing the uh, the stuff. Foco banana hammock if you'd like to um, for, for me to model that, that as well. Night show. We're cool. uh, for, maybe, yeah, I was going to say. Dark guy to come out and, guy, yeah. and shout him down. All right. You can be there pantsless dark guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. You guys can form a new tag uh, team. <laughs> speaking of, of uh, modeling good looks, I mean, Jay, that oh, yeah. shirt looks fantastic. Yeah, that's a good new uh, Oh, Captain, my captain shirt arrived as soon as I left for work yesterday, which would have been nice to have for our uh, 24-hour uh, CHGO Blackhawks sale, but mm. that's okay. And thanks to everybody who took advantage of that, by the way. It went very well. Yeah. Uh, Want to get one of these for yourself or any CHGO merch? CHGOlocker.com. And remember, diehard save 20% all the time. Uh, once you're a diehard, that's, that's the benefits. You save a lot of money once you become a diehard. So uh, before we get to the voice of the Regina Patch, Dante DiCaria, our buddy, Cam Robinson, had an interesting uh, thought today on Twitter that Mario sure found did. and tweeted. So, Yeah, Cam was just saying that you know the, the Vancouver Canucks are a team that is looking to uh, shed some money, and the Blackhawks are a team that have space for money to be brought, shed upon them. Uh, <laughs> and now with landing Connor Bedard, you, you know, I know we talked about it with Kyle Davidson a little bit and how – you don't want to deviate too much from the rebuilding plan that they have, but there is kind of that added responsibility of, of putting some quality players around Connor Bedard in his first few years to kind of make sure he's acclimated well enough to the NHL game. Um, he had the, the thought that maybe a player from Vancouver like Connor Garland or Brock Besser could be one of those players that they, uh, that they shed. Uh, to Chicago, and Chicago could even get an asset back for for taking on those players. And uh, to me, I thumbs up, absolutely, yeah, open to all options. Getting Connor Bedard, I don't think needs to change the plans dramatically, but it does open up a lot of options. It does open up Kyle Davidson to some potential creative moves that maybe if they landed at two or three or four or five aren't on the table. So, hey, uh, I, those are two players that I think are, are, are quality guys to play in a top nine, top six role. They'll probably be top six here. Um, and, and Besser, like, he in, in, intrigues me because he seems like a guy who – there's a lot of the tools there to be really freaking good. And maybe it's just, I know he's had a lot of off ice things going on with, uh, with his family and his, his father. Um, maybe it's, it's a change of scenery kind of reset needed for him. And 
I, I think out of those two, I would I would uh, love to entertain the idea of Brock Besser being here. So Besser, 26 years old, uh, has two years left after this one at 6.65. Connor Garland has three years. He's 27 years old. Uh, at 4.95. Uh, so both are certainly affordable for the Hawks. Um, both are wingers, so that would probably indicate that you think Bedard's a center. Could be. Or you could just play on the other wing, whatever you yeah. feel. Yeah. Um, I'm down with that. I'm down with anything like this, but those two names specifically, those aren't your, like, bring in Peter Mrazek for some cap help and to gain an asset you're trying to improve the team that way yeah, you're yeah. trying to make things better for Connor Bedard and I think that makes a lot of sense we also have a super chat um from about uh, the wild this is from Thomas he says with Minnesota and Capella is there anyone from them you'd think the Hawks should go after Minnesota's to to not as bad shape as as you think they're actually going to have about 12 million dollars coming off the books um that's after Matt Boldy's extension kicks in. So they're going to get about $12 million in additional cap space. Who's coming off the books for them? Is it Dumba? Dumba's coming off the books. Klingberg. Uh, Klingberg. Let's see. Who else is a free agent? Gustav Nyquist. Oscar Sundquist. Ryan, Ryan Reeves. Those are all mm, coming off mm-hmm. the books. And the majority of their main guys are locked in. You know, Kaprizov's locked in. Eric Zanect is locked in. Boldy's locked in. On the, on the defense, you have Spurgeon. You got Brodeen locked in. Um, they're not in as bad shape as, yes, they're still going to have $14 million wrapped up in those ridiculous buyouts. For, two, <laughs> for next year and the following, yeah. But they don't need a whole lot more. They re, they've already re-signed Frederick Goudreau. They've already re-signed Marcus Johansson. That's so, even with those salaries going up, they still have about $12 million that they're going to get off the books they're probably going to need to give Philip Gustafson a little bit of a raise, but not that big of a raise because they still got Mark Andre Fleury on the books. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't really see anybody on their list that they would maybe want to move on from because, you know, Matt Zuccarello, he's a free agent after next year, so that's another six millions that coming off the yeah. books. Maybe they want to move him just because. The, get something if they can't and sign him but he's been really good with Kaprizov so I don't think yeah. they want to mess that up and they're not in a in a similar position to Vancouver like they're contending yeah Minnesota Minnesota yeah they're they were a playoff team this year yeah they'll probably they'll be contending for a playoff spot again next year um so I I don't think Minnesota's in as bad they're not in a great salary cap spot but they're not I don't think they're in desperation mode where they need yeah. to unlogo the Bill Guerin to his credit has has navigated that very well so far. We'll see how that goes. Well, you know, you're taking your shot. You know, they know that their window is now, and mm-hmm. they only got maybe two, three years left to take a crack at, a, at getting a Stanley Cup. But for them, their problem is they can afford what they have, but they can't afford to upgrade very much. Not much. So if it's going to happen with the Wild, it's going to have to kind of happen yeah. with what they've already well, got. Based on the guys you've given long-term deals to, those are the guys they've identified. So yeah, go, sure. But they're not going to be or, able to bring in their right. Marion Hosa or their no. final piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, the Garland-Besser thing makes all the sense in the world because, look, maybe like you said, if it was somebody else, two, three, four, five, they land in the draft, they're still maybe two, three years out of the NHL. You're still in that mode of like, all right, what's some salary we can take for some more assets? But I do feel like there is a bit of an obligation to give Bedard someone he can play with that is truly NHL experienced and ready. Maybe it's Max Domi. 
It could be Max Domi. That's be. just a free agent signing, yeah. right? You've got Tyler Johnson on the team. Do you want him as your number one center? Probably not. Cole Gutman's going to make the team, but again, probably not. So this is the sort of thing, if I'm Kyle Davidson, that I'm looking at yeah. is guys young under – I mentioned it yesterday. Not Kirby Doc, but something <laughs> like that where it's a young player looking for a fresh start somewhere – uh, and I'd be willing with all the draft capital the Hawks have accrued, I'd give up a, a second round pick yeah. for a Connor Garland or a, or a Brock Besser or somebody like that, or a second round pick plus whatever it might be. Or maybe I don't know if I would give up nineteen for one of those guys, but I wouldn't. No, because because you're not unless you're getting them in a second and, or and, something and like that. And they're desperate. They're not. Yeah, they're I, not. They're not the one trying yeah. to to get something Vancouver out of you. Vancouver has no leverage. Yeah, in that right, deal. Right. It's we're on the other side of that for a change. <laughs> well, maybe they can. Maybe the Coyotes can take on Oliver Ekman Larson uh, for the next uh, four years for them and hey, bail. Isn't them out. that where he came from? Yeah. Yep. They signed that deal. <laughs> might as well. Seven point two six million until twenty twenty six twenty seven. Oosh. So if they can move that, they help themselves a lot. That's yeah. an injured reserve right now, but I don't know how many teams really want to bring that on. Oh, there's one. Sure, Coyotes always do it. They could be open well, to you it. You got to wait till he physically can't play anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't possibly have a good player play for you. No. Yeah. Only in NHL 23 can those players still actively <laughs> play. I do appreciate that they toned them down though a little bit. Yeah. There was uh, <laughs> in NHL 21. I, uh, I, I traded for Marion Hosa, and he was like a 70 overall, and I put him on my AHL team, and they won the Calder Cup. There you go. <laughs> Veteran presence. So that was fun. Uh, Christian A says Timo Meyer. I like that idea, but Timo Meyer is a restricted free agent, so it's not, a, it's not someone you could assign like a UFA. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have to trade for him. That's going to cost you. And trade that's for one of those, rights. And that's one of those players that, like, if you're bringing him in, like, that – I said it earlier this week. Like, that's like a six or seven year deal. It's a ten million qualifying offer. Yeah, that's. So I was talking big. to Greg before you got in, Mario, and I was saying maybe you do something like that instead of Austin Matthews or Leon Drysaddle because when those guys are available, you're going to have to pay them max deals, which at that point could be thirteen something, maybe fourteen million, and you're going to have to resign Connor Bedard. Yeah, and that's going to be a max deal too. Sure. So. Maybe you're better off getting like the tier below, the absolute best but players I, in the league. Yeah, maybe. But I think then if you're going to, you know, qualifying offers and offer sheets in, in in that territory, then you're risking that you're risking giving up compensation for that. Right. Whereas those other players, you might just be able to sign without giving up anything, um, or or using those those picks that you would have to give up as other currency and other trades or anything like that. So. I don't think it's it's an option off the table, but I think Kyle Davidson um, has put a lot of emphasis on having those picks and those assets for multiple reasons. Um, so I don't know. I think if, if, if the option is there to sign a player like that without having to give anything up, that might be the better route. Uh, but that's just me. By the way, if you are thinking offer sheet, Timo Meyer, it would cost uh, the Blackhawks two firsts, a second, and a third. That's if it's for under ten and a half million, ten and a half million or lower. If it's over ten and a half million, it'd be four first round picks. Not interested. Yeah, no. Nah, there, there's other I'm ways to do interested. it. Yeah, you can find ways. I'm not interested in giving up that that second first round pick pre this this year. Like, they're not in the position. 
for that right now. Like the the the, the prospect system, as much as it is improved, still needs yeah padding. Yeah, yeah. You 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 don't unless there's something out there that just blows your mind. I'm not looking to move that. Like I would move that pick and maybe a second rounder to move up in the first round to grab another guy. Sure. Like if. If Mitch Koff remember, falls. Remember we talked about with this exact scenario. Say you get number one overall and Mitch Koff falls and you could package something yeah. and draft both Bedard and Mitch Koff in the same draft. Like, if, that, if it's if it's gets to 10 and he's still out there. Trade up. Make some yeah. phone calls. Yeah. Give that 19 and one of your second and maybe one of your thirds to move up to get Mitch Koff. Sure. I'm why off not? for that. Yeah, why not? But I'm not trading that pick for a veteran guy because – Next year's not about winning. Right, right. And I know you want some NHL talent around Bedard, but you can get it elsewhere. Just, without, yeah, just sign mm-hmm. Max Domi. You can get it elsewhere without yeah. giving up the 19th they, or maybe 18th yeah. overall pick. We'll maybe find out later. If they, if they were to sign Max Domi in free agency and, and do this hypothetical that, that Cam brought up, either bring in Besser or Garland in some sort of deal, if you bring in Domi and one of those two, uh, to bolster your top six, like that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, on top of having Lucas Reichel available, uh, Tyler Johnson, Taylor Radish, like that's not so bad right. for, for for Bedard to play with. So and and to also not be like, oh, deviating completely from the plan and saying we're throwing all our chips in now. So yeah, I think there's there's ways to do it without having to go overboard. Jesus. Yep, I am just buzzing all over the place. Wow. <laughs> got a phone call? Trying to silence it. I don't know why it's going off. It's very important <laughs> over here. I guess so. Um, should we get to the EA Sports thing? Do we have any more Super Chats, first of all? That one on screen. We have a Super Chat uh, from Nick here. It says, really think people are overlooking Bedsy being number one Bedsy. center. Bedsy. Is that his nickname? Do we know, yeah, do we know the nickname? We I can ask Dante yes. the official nickname. Okay. But Bedsy is... That's one of my biggest questions. Bedsy is very hockey. Yeah, we've seen a lot of him. It's very hockey. Seen a lot of people, not in just today's chat, but in in other chats, other chats recently. Loving, wanting to sign Tyler Bertuzzi. No, I don't want that. Uh, I know we said that last year about Max Domi, but I just I don't think you're gonna get. He's gonna command a big salary based on what he did in the playoffs and what he did for Boston. And. He is far closer to a confirmed Pudwack than Max Domi ever was. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to touch that, especially if he's going to command a six or seven million dollar salary, which he very may wait. He might. I'd rather have Max Domi at five than Tyler Bertuzzi at seven. Yeah. Six. And I mean, Bertuzzi's probably the better player, but I don't want the baggage. I don't want the baggage. Like, yeah, you, you, you're building this culture on character, and I just don't know if he fits that. I could be wrong. I was wrong about Max Domi. Yeah, I don't know if I'm wrong about Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, we've got some evidence. If he was so great at that age. Why did Detroit, a team that's on the rise, trade him? That's well, a very good question. That is a good question. Uh, all right, uh, we're not tired of talking about Connor Bedard. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we're no. just getting started. So right now we are going to welcome in the voice of the Regina Pats. It is Dante DiCaria. Dante, thanks for taking time for us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Happy to, uh, I guess, be on uh, on the other side of the border. There you go. Yeah. So, all right, the first question is, what is the nickname? Is it Bedsy? People are wondering, what do, what, do, what do the teammates call Connor Bedard? 
Yeah, I call him Bedsy. Um, his Bedsy. teammates call him Bedsy. Dards is another one. I think those are Dards. kind of the two that that kind of come to mind. Sometimes I'll say nine eight. Um, yeah, you know, I think those are kind of the three that kind of come to mind. Or I'll just say Connor. Yeah, boy, hockey players, it's no lack of creativity when it comes to <laughs> nicknames. It's always it, it, they always spend know, a lot of time building that up. It works. It works. All right, well, for, no one had a better seed for uh, Connor Bedard's season last year than you. So, uh, I mean, look. We know the hype is real, but uh, tell us, what was it like to watch that kid play? You know what? It, it was a pleasure to watch him play. I still have to pinch myself. I was pinching myself over the course of the season. I think around the 25 games left in the season, Mark, I was like, okay, I'm going to like count every single one of them, right? Because it was just going to be special that I'll never have an opportunity to see this player again unless I eventually move up the ranks and call games in the NHL, which is obviously my hopes and dreams. But... Um, it was just a pleasure not just to watch him on the ice, but to deal with him on the ice. I'm happy to call him a friend, uh, somebody that, um, you know, we share a lot of similar interests with. Um, he's a very hardworking individual. He's a kind person. He's somebody that treats everybody with the utmost respect. Uh, just an unbelievable guy. I've, I've been working in, in sports for, I think, eight or nine years now, and I've done everything from pro baseball to, you know, junior hockey at the major junior level and the junior A level. And I've never dealt with a better person than Connor Bedard. And it's wow. it's kind of interesting that I say that because I've dealt with, I hate to say it, but lesser athletes in terms of the hype and all of the attention that those specific players get. And, you know, you do get maybe a little bit of attitudes, you get some, you know, cockiness and stuff like that. Uh, never with Connor Bedard, never at all. Um, he treated everybody with the utmost respect, whether it was just the staff here at the office, myself, the coaching staff, our fans, his teammates, uh, the janitor. It didn't matter who it was. This is a, a guy that's bred to be a star player, a marketable player in the NHL, and uh, Chicago is getting a good one. Something that has been suggested in the exterior outside of Chicago hockey community is that uh, Bedard would actually decline playing for the Blackhawks. Um, that doesn't seem like his character, right? No, that's, I don't know where that came from. There were a couple of questions it's, throughout I mean, the, the internet. Years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's crazy. Like the internet is good, sometimes bad, right? Uh, I'm not a big social media guy. In fact, Connor's not a big social media guy at all. He doesn't have TikTok. He doesn't use Twitter. He rarely uses Instagram. This is somebody that if you're around him, you never see him on his phone, like ever. Like he, he's not a big social media guy. So I thought I'd throw that in. But no, uh, I think he's happy to play for any organization and any franchise. And I really do believe that from the bottom of his heart and from the bottom of my heart saying this with you guys today, like his dream has been to play in the NHL. He's a hockey nut. He loves hockey. Like there was that report the other day that he was on the night of the lottery was playing street hockey with kids outside. Like that's Connor, that, that that's just the guy he is. It's just incredible on how he's been raised by Melanie and Tom, just fantastic people. I'd consider Melanie a saint. Tom's one of the hardest working men you'll ever meet. And his uh, older sister, Maddie, uh, has a very bright career and life ahead of her. Uh, fantastic young lady, just a great family. And uh, yeah, he was getting some questions throughout the year. Are you going to pull a Lindros? Is that something you've thought about? And he kind of laughed like, well, of course not. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm, none of us here took any of that seriously. I mean, that's just people mad that he's not going to be playing for their favorite team. Um, and, and, you know, Kyle Davidson, the general manager here, he's trying to build a winning culture. Head coach Luke Richardson and, and high character guys have been a target of his. Obviously, it sounds like Connor fits that bill 
perfectly. But speaking of fitting Bill on the ice, do you see him staying in the middle at the NHL level? Do you, do you think he's going to be a career center or will he be better off on the wing? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I've heard, you know, various different scouts uh, just being from, you know, coming to watch the Pats play over the last two years, compare him to maybe a Patrick Kane or a, a, a Kucherov. I've, I've heard a couple of scouts say that in my time with the Pats the last two years. So maybe that's a strong comparison, but uh, he is going to be somebody that, people are going to be comparing players in the future to him. So I wouldn't go as far as comparing him to a Kucherov or a Kane because I think he's just going to be his own player rather than just saying, yeah, he's just like this guy or he's just like that guy. But uh, I think it's really going to come down to how hard he works, and I have no doubt that he will work extremely hard to play a two-way game up the middle. This is somebody that is very close friends with Matt Barzell. They train together during the offseason, and Barzell uh, is a pretty good 200-foot center. So... Um, if Connor, you know, continues to train with guys like Barzell and Crosby and McDavid and so on and so forth, then I have no doubt in my mind that he will be able to stay at the center ice position. I hate when people talk about his size. Yeah, he's 5'10", right? But this guy is built like an ox. Like his thighs are massive. His arms, you can see the veins popping out and he's not even flexing. And he's like around 190 pounds at 5'10". Like just... He's just built differently. This guy trains hard every single day. He does not take a minute, an hour off. Uh, one of the hardest guys I've ever met in my entire, hardest working guys I've ever work, worked with or met in my entire life. It's it's funny you mentioned the character because it's something that we've heard repeatedly. We talked to Colton Dock and Kevin Korczynski and Nolan Allen from the Seattle Thunderbirds, all Blackhawks prospects, and they all had the same thing to say about their experience with him at World Juniors was like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's great, but he's this great teammate. And Doc said when his shoulder was hurt, he came and checked on him and all those sort of things. I, I just I, I think that that is such a, an, an important thing because for a kid to step in day one with the expectations he's going to have and all the focus he's going to have, I, to have that good of a head on his shoulders has to make Hawks fans feel good. And it's great to hear that even as he's come and crushed every expectation that he's had up to now, he has still been able to keep that level head about him. Yeah, I'm happy you asked that question. And maybe I won't get into specific stories and I'll try to maybe, you know, talk about a couple of examples with me over the last two years with Connor. Connor was always somebody that even if I was feeling down or he saw there was something up with me, he would check on me. And I'm just the broadcaster and the comms guy, right? Like that's just the kind of guy he is. It doesn't matter who you are. Like he's just built differently. He's, he's, he's raised the right way and you guys can consider the right way, whatever you want to consider it. A lot of people have different opinions, but in my opinion, that is the right way. And, you know, there was uh, something earlier in the year with myself, just to kind of use my experiences and my examples, you know, to kind of answer that question, just like Colton Korshinsky probably did with you guys. And uh, that was, uh, I, I got in a little bit of a, a not a car accident, but I, I backed my, my truck into our assistant coach or my car into our assistant coach's truck. And I was really down and upset about it. I wasn't paying attention and I had to get a new bumper and stuff like that. And uh, I went to the rink and I was really down and he saw that I was down. And uh, a lot of the guys were kind of giving me a hard time about it and stuff like that. And uh, he came up right behind me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, Dante, it's, it's not a big deal. It's, it's just a, it's a small you know, it's a small scratch. It's not a scratch, but something along the lines of that. He just said, brush it off. And, uh, 
you know, you didn't get in a big accident or anything. You're all right. And uh, it's all good. Just kind of just forget about it. And, uh, you know, these 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 things like fixing a car or something like that or fixing a phone, uh, they can be fixed. And to me, that's really mature of a 17 year old to think that way, because I'm 25 and I wasn't even thinking that way. <laughs> right. Just a, kind of a little example of just the kind of guy he is. And, you know, there were certain examples of myself or teammates or staff, people around the rink that he was always checking in on. Like when he asked you when you came to the rink on a day-to-day -day basis how you're doing, like he actually means it. Like he's not just asking it just to ask it to make himself look good. Like he actually truly means it from the bottom of his heart. And that just explains a lot about his character, right? Like, uh, yeah, kind of get lost for words when I talk about these things. I do have a lot more examples that I'll kind of keep in-house, but uh, that was just kind of one that I thought I'd share with you guys today. How does he lead on the ice? You know, we had during the Blackhawks dynasty, Jonathan Taze was kind of the quiet lead by example guy. Same with Marion Hosa, where Brent Seabrook was more of the vocal, like rah-rah guy. What is Connor Bedard's leadership style? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I thought about it a lot. I don't think I have like a clear answer because I'm not in the room. Like after a certain point, I, I'm upstairs in the booth getting ready and stuff like that. So I'm not really in the dress room when it comes to that stuff. Uh, as far as, you know, practices and stuff like that, um, he's a very positive guy. Um, and yeah, I, you know what? I think he would lead by example. Again, I don't know if I can answer the question as far as, you know, what he says in the dress room in between periods and after the game. I know he's very intense. He's very competitive. He's somebody that, you know, wants everybody to work just as hard as he, as he does because that's what he expects of everyone else. And he wants everybody to be great. And he wants all of his teammates to succeed. He's not about his own statistics. He's about everyone else around him. He's more excited when uh, a player on our team scores his first career goal after two years without a goal than when he scores number 70, right? So uh, it's very interesting. I'm not entirely sure what kind of a leader he is in the dress room, but as far as you know, what I've seen at practice and off the ice and on the bus and in the hotels, he's somebody that kind of goes about his uh, business by leading by example. I can kind of maybe list an example being uh, his post-game cool-down or his pre-game training routine, a lot of guys started to really pick up on what he was doing, and everybody was kind of just, like, copying him. It started off with, like, one or two guys doing it with him, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, half the team was doing the same cool-down as him, which is it's kind of funny because uh, he takes his time after the game. Uh, he likes to really cool down. He takes care of his body, and uh, instead of the bus waiting for one individual, we were waiting for, like, 10 or 12 guys, which, uh, we, you know, myself and the coaching staff would always kind of laugh about. You look, and half the bus at the start of the season was full. Half the bus at the end of the season was was empty, and we were just waiting for a couple of guys. And sure enough, you turn the turn around the corner, and there's Connor with like six or seven guys doing the exact same thing as him. It's funny you mentioned him not being concerned about his stats. There's a video that made it across my timeline last night, and I'll try to find it for a later show. But he's told that he broke a record, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I really wasn't." I didn't know that, but I'm more worried about the game. We got a good period. We got a we got you know 40 minutes ahead of us. Like it yeah. didn't even he shattered. I don't know if it was Lindros's record or somebody's record. Um, that was like one of those unbreakable things. And he was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. I don't. It like didn't even dawn on him that that had happened. There was just no concern from him at all. So that sort of uh, reflects the stories you're telling us, Dante. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think you're probably alluding to the World Juniors records that he broke. Like yeah, he broke I think a lot of what it was. records. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think it was the points record. Anyways, there were a lot. I've kind of lost count on all of them. But <laughs> yeah, that's just the kind of guy he is. Like he's not about himself. Uh, he's about winning. 
teams, team awards. And hopefully he can bring a Stanley Cup back to Chicago. Obviously, um, that would be really awesome for the city. Uh, you guys have had your three cups already, of course, with Kane and Taze and Sharp and Seabrook and Keith and you know Joel Quenville is the, the head coach. In fact, um, one of my close friends' uncles is actually Joel Quenville. I'm, I'm good friends with that family, and um, you know uh, it'd be nice to kind of see them progress. Uh, uh, obviously, under Connor, after you know having a little bit of a connection to that organization with the family, so that's kind of a neat tidbit. And I'm also I also know Chris Foster's as well, who's the voice of the, the Blackhawks. I worked with him 2018, so a couple of little connections for myself. But uh, yeah, you know what? Um, he's just a guy that. Uh, you know, wants to win cups. You know, I, I think he's going to care more about winning those Stanley Cups and those rings rather than, you know, the individual awards, whether it's the Hart, whether it's the Ted Lindsay or whatever, right? Like, that's just how he's built. Uh, he loves team success rather than individual success. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's as, as much of excitement as we've all had and, and Blackhawks fans have all had to see him play, um, I think getting getting that perspective of, of who he is as a as a player off the ice and as a person is is, is really awesome. Um, Dante, I want to ask you know that obviously it was it was a really exciting season to uh, to see him play. Is there a is there a game or a performance that uh, that stuck out to you uh, this year um, that that really like for for Connor on the ice that really uh, was one of your most fun to uh, to call this year. Yeah, you know what? There were a few playoff ones that were just absolutely unbelievable. I could think to all the games since he came back from the World Juniors, but there's just so many. I don't think there's one that I can kind of like think of off the top of my head. I think the last game that he played is probably the one that I remember the most because it's the last time that we'll see him in the Western Hockey League and the last time that we'll see this generational player in a Regina Pats uniform. So that's kind of the one that I always think back to because – he put his heart and soul into putting this team on his back and trying to win. Like he was playing every second shift. I don't know what the ice time was in game seven, but he might've played like 37 minutes, like, like every, every second shift. Like, so one line would go on and then he would double ship with another line and then go off and then double ship with another line. So he was essentially playing on the first the th and the third line, sometimes the second and then the fourth line, just <laughs> unbelievable. Like, oh my gosh. That, that's how conditioned he is though right yeah, like that's how yeah. well he keeps himself in shape uh there was a little bit of fatigue i could see it i'd say game six was probably the most determination i've ever seen from a from any player in my entire career i, I think some of the coaching staff would agree with that as well including maybe john paddock i know it was brad Haroff who talked about it in the post game show after game six but after game six i I was worried, but I had a gut feeling that he didn't have anything left in the tank for game seven, just because, you know, it's not basketball. You can't win with one guy, right? And, uh, you know, the Saskatoon Blades had a lot more depth than the Regina Pats, and, uh, you know, they moved on to the next round and then the round after that before being swept by the Winnipeg Ice. But, yeah, he, he had some pretty big, memorable games. Uh, you know, you look at the six-point game against Calgary – a day or three or two days after winning the world junior championship. He didn't want to take any time off. He wanted to play. In fact, the next day getting off the plane late and showing up to the rink at five o'clock. And he said, all right, let me get my gear on. Let me, let me go out there and play. So, uh, you know, the, the, he, like he doesn't take a practice off either guys. Like this is a guy who anytime the coaching staff had to tell him that he wasn't allowed to skate that day due to a, 
whether it was something that he was nursing or maybe he was sick or he needed some rest because he plays so many minutes. Like, it was like, like, like I can't even describe his face. I can't even describe the feeling that he was going through because that's how much he wanted to practice. And this is a guy, say he practices from 2 to 3 or 2 to 2.45, he would stay on until 4 o'clock because the ice is done at 4. And <laughs> like the, we would like myself, the equipment staff, the coaching staff, whoever was there would have to stand on the bench and literally like go with her hand and yell at him like, okay, it's time to go. We want to go home. You know, like <laughs> we're done at 4.30. You got to be out of the room by 4.30. And he's just like, yeah, 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 50 more minutes, 50 more minutes. And like guys would stay out with him. And like it was, there was kind of something funny. Like I think it was at the end of practice, I was standing on the bench and Alexander Suzdalev steps off the ice and Connor comes up to him. He goes, where are you going? And he's like, uh, to the room, like I'm done. He's like <laughs> looking at, he's like looking at the clock and he's just like, Alex, it's only like three 15. He's just like, yeah, I'm done. He's like, you can't go just yet. We got to go another 15 <laughs> minutes. Please. Something like that. He said something like that. And he was wow. like, I don't remember the exact words. So don't quote me on this, but it was like something on the lines of that. And then Alex is like, all right, I'll stay on. Like, I'll, I'll shoot with yeah. you more. Like, wow. I guess I have to now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. That sounds very, uh, you know, a lot of what people said to play with Jonathan Taze was, if that guy is going to be the hardest working guy in the team, what is my excuse? Right? And that's, that's that leadership by example is I'm out here working. I'm out here until the last possible minute. I'm playing 35 minutes a night. Let's go. There's no one on this team that shouldn't work as hard as I do. That's great. Dante, uh, very exciting stuff. We love that you were able to jump on with us. Uh, maybe we'll catch up again uh, throughout the summer. Uh, and just you can just regale us with Connor Bedard stories because we can't get enough of them. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Have a good day. All right, thank Thanks, you. Dante. That I, is uh, Dante Dicaria, voice of the Regina Pats. I can't wait for training camp. Let's oh my get, god! Let's, let's get the man. let's get the prospect camp here, <laughs> and let it, that that's going to be the counter Bedard show, <laughs> in those drills. Hey, it's going to be crazy. The we, Fifth Third Arena is. Gonna yeah, be we're going to have to get there early. Yeah. Seriously, to park. Yeah, we're going to park. Uh, let's yeah, have to know. get there at <laughs> seven in the morning for ten a.m. practice. Yeah. it's going to be crazy. I it's, cannot wait. All those videos. Remember, every year you would see the videos of like Montreal and Toronto, their prospect mm -hmm. camp. You know, they're going to have it at the UC. They might. They might. They might have to. They might have to. And they might even sell tickets. <laughs> got to pay them eventually. Might right, as well. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. All right. Before we wrap up, we've got some very exciting uh, EA Sports simulations to report on. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little bit of a break yeah. before we give you that info. It is uh, It is beautiful weather yes. today. Like, absolutely. Bottle a, this up. A perfect day. I would take this weather 365 days a year. Um, You'll have to move to San Diego, but that's fine. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, the reason that it is perfect is that you can get out on the golf course today, and if you have this all year, you could golf 365 days a year in your Pins and Aces gear. Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of us here at CHGO and of the All City Network. They have tons of of amazing apparel and gear that'll get you tons of compliments out on the golf course. Anything from polos, hats, golf bags, lightweight hoodies, pants, shorts, belts, pin markers, trying to think of every golf ex tees. I got my Chubbs got Peterson ball marker. Chubbs I love Peterson it. ball marker. <laughs> it's like the wooden hand. Yeah. Great. Sleeves. And Beef of sleeves. course, 
the beef slash beer sleeve, the product that allows you to store. It's just one letter difference. Up to, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I mentioned that on the Bears podcast today, and the chat didn't quite get what the hell that meant. And well, they should watch our show. Yeah. Miss a little, miss a lot. Come over there and see us. We're Blackhawk. the show with him now. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Him is hey. a Blackhawk, not a Bear. H- How about that? Yeah. Uh, yes, the beer slash beef sleeve. Should we call it, what's a, what's a good combo for that? Beerf. The beerf, the beerf, beerf sleeve. sleeve. Just call I, it the Chicago sleeve. I mean, I'll the take a combo sleeve, sleeve personally. Combo. The combo. There you go. Yeah, that, there you go. The combo. The combo sleeve. Uh, you can store up to seven beers or four beefs, four standard beefs. Eh, four or five. Four Couple or five. Two tree. Dep- depends on how, uh, <laughs> depends on how, four sandwiches how packed you want it to be. With room for a small jar of jardinero. There you go. There you go. Uh, and you can keep that sleeve inside your golf bag, and it'll keep your drinks cold the entire round or your beefs warm for a few hours. Uh, pretty pretty good snack in between the uh, the first nine and the back nine. Uh, so check out pinsandaces.com. When you do, use the promo code CHGO. You're going to receive 15% off of your first order and get free shipping when you do. Again, that's pinsandaces.com with the promo code CHGO. And I have been giving the old Fubo TV an absolute workout here over the last few weeks with the NHL playoffs, with the Cubs on marquee, whatever national sports are going on. I've got the multi-view going. It is absolutely awesome. 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. There's no contract. There's no cable. There's no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch your local teams while traveling. The PGA Championship is here. The French Open. WNBA is getting underway. The NHL draft coming up very soon. NHL, NBA playoffs. And, of course, if you're a Chicago baseball fan, you can watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago and the Cubs on marquee. Fubo is the only streaming service with Marquee Sports Network. So watch the most Chicago sports with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. Nick says, when is training camp? Here are the days you need to know. Uh, The draft is the 28th and 29th. Development camp at 5th 3rd for now is June 30th through July 6th. Oh, so they go directly into directly, directly to camp. Directly into prospect yep. camp. Uh, right. Rookie camp, September 13th through 17th. And then officially training camp begins on September 21st. So mark those dates uh, down. The rookie camp is actually in St. Paul, Minnesota. The Tom Curvers? Yes. St. Paul, yes. yep. That is in Minnesota yeah. this year, yep. Yeah. Uh, so we won't get this smell your stinky prospect this year. Well, we can go. Uh, we can still. We I mean, still rookie should. camp is trip worthy. Yeah, I think it is. I think it definitely is now. Um, we might need to uh, change some travel plans depending on prospect camp, right? If it's the next day. Yeah, we have to come home early. Mm. Good thing guys, we're driving. Were you guys planning to do a bachelor party in Nashville? <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, Good call. Honky tonk. Yeah, we got to get back for it? that. It's July 1st? Uh, no, Ju- June 30th. June 30th. The next the day, day after, after the, draft. the Yeah. Mm. Crazy. All right. well, we'll see. Well, well, we'll see. They just have, could have that blocked off and see what they do. I don't know. We'll, we'll wait. But Something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, if we got to drive through tonight to see Connor Bedard, we will. Eh, probably. I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Before we wrap up, we've been teasing it the whole show. <laughs> EA Sports today published their career predictions. 
for Connor Bedard, and uh, well, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> no pressure, kid, but uh, you're going to be the fourth leading scorer of all time. They've got him down <laughs> for 1,400 and I can't read that. I'm 55. too old. 55 games played, 739 goals, 1,145 assists. That's 1,184 points, three points behind Mark Messier for fourth all time. He's got a Calder, four Hart trophies, four Ted Lindsay's, two Rocket <laughs> Richards, and most importantly, three the Stanley family. Cups. Oh, boy. Hey. Wow. That's pretty freaking good. Well, you say fourth. He might actually be, well, fourth, maybe fifth, because Connor McDavid's probably going to pass Messi when this is done. Sure. I would imagine so. But, yes, yes. that's, uh, that's for, pretty darn good. Right? For a historical context, there have been three players to win NHL MVP four times or more, uh, Eddie Shore, Gordie Howe, and Wayne Gretzky, and only four players have reached the 1,800-point plateau, Gretzky, Yager, uh, Messier and Gordie Howe. Yeah, I mean, you're talking that is, that legends is, of the game. That is Mount Rushmore territory. Except uh, according to the uh, slap shot when you said Eddie Shore. <laughs> that's <the> first, <laughs> Piss on Eddie Shore. Piss on old time hockey. Uh, that's the first thing that jumped in my head. Of course. Every no time I hear that name. No offense to the uh, Shore family. No. Uh, just to temper expectations, they did the same thing with Alexis Lafreniere. And they predicted uh, 1,663 points in 1,582 games, uh, two Stanley Cups, a Lindsay, a Hart, and a Calder for him, too. Well, so it might pan out. That's he's got as, some work to do. It's not as good. He's got some work well, to do. Well, when he's Connor Bedard's teammate, because everybody has him getting traded here anyway, <laughs> maybe those numbers will start to, to come to fruition. I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. Two uh, is better than one. There's a reason it's a video game. Yeah, and I, I agree, uh, Kalen says keep a dart out of that rookie camp someone always seems to get hurt during that curvers prospect tournament i 100 percent agree with actually that. yeah that's uh, true. there's no reason to put Connor bedard in that rookie tournament no and let some some guys are going to play fourth line for the iowa wild take cheap shots at him no thanks and you know there's some putt on the iowa wild wanting to make yeah, a name for himself stinky yeah. cheesy guy stinky guy yeah. Yeah. sam hentages no thanks we've seen it been there done that yeah, kirby doc Got hurt in that a couple. Like what's he gonna gain and from Colton it. both got hurt. Yeah, in that, so that there's tournament. there's no reason. Michael got hurt. Yeah. yeah, forget it. Like I wouldn't even do that tournament. Period. Well, yeah, because you got you know, uh, pudwacks that are trying to get on the fourth line of the Iowa Wild. Yeah. Yeah, I no. There's no way Connor Bedard plays in that. I, I hope they go back to a multi-team like the gra- little like thing the, uh, like the, like Red they used Wings to do in trans uh, in traverse city, traverse city yeah. Yeah. yeah because now you get you also get the familiarity thing where they're annoyed with each other after a couple days right so you're taking more so cheap that, shots that like second game gets chippy it's yeah. yeah yeah there's no reason to put bedard out there you don't you know what you're getting in him and i'd rather have him back here getting ready for nhl camp and to make his nhl debut well we'll see what as happens. opposed to just clowning some some you know, guys who would be driving Ubers in a couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's wrap things up. We're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Reminder, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO. When you sign up, we'll talk to you Thursday at 2 p.m. with more Connor Bedard content on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.